Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Have you seen the Netflix series, 13 Reasons Why? What is this? What is the draw of this program? Why is it so intriguing? Why is it so engaging? What's the draw that has gotten the attention of many youth and parents and educators as well? It's a Netflix series. We're going to find out more right here on Faith and Family. Thanks to our friends at Concordia University, Wisconsin, their great support of Faith and Family. We appreciate all that they do to uh, to support Faith and Family so we can bring this program to you every day with important content, important topics like this. Check them out, kfuo.org. Look for the CUW logo in the sponsor section. Joining me in studio today, the Reverend Mark Kiesling, Director, Youth Ministry in the Office of National Mission for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. All things youth and uh, national youth gathering, great resources for our congregations, for parents, for youth, for youth leaders. Mark, welcome back. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me. Always fun to have you in studio. Always bring uh, a lot of important content for us to consider when it comes to youth, as well as... uh, a cheerful heart. <laughs> it's a great place to serve and certainly a blessing to connect with young people and those that work with them across the Senate, for sure. And one of those things is, uh, as I just mentioned, providing resources to pastors, to parents, educators, youth leaders, and youth themselves. Absolutely. Great resources. When did you first see this, uh, find out about this series, 13 Reasons Why? It's it's based on a book, right? Correct. So it's based on a book that, from what I understand, I have not read the book, but it's quite different from the standpoint of how it backfills the story and goes into details that I mean, well, I know we'll be talking about here in the next hour. Um, I had a friend who teaches in high school and they read the book in high school uh, mm-hmm. just because it talked about issues uh, and that they were able to discuss as part of an English class and things. So I think there was some knowledge of it, certainly, but it's it's about a decade old from the book itself, best-selling um, book that was uh, certainly in teen literature. And then the show kind of takes it to a different angle in terms of, again, giving more details to the story, certainly, obviously, in our culture of, of visual folks to give the imagery to some of the stuff. So there's there's certainly some impact that's made on young people. Uh, but yeah, so it, it was definitely something that came up. And then once the show came in, it was really, I, I blogged about this, that it was a pastor friend who emailed me on Holy Saturday and said, are you watching this? And do you have any resources on this? And so it really got me into actually watching the show a little bit and certainly to starting getting resources together and thankful that Dr. Woodford was able to write that wonderful resource as well. When you first watched the show, what did what was your initial response? Well, I mean, the initial response was, I, I mean, I can see, especially in our culture of binge watching, uh, one of the controversies or questions about the show was that Netflix released the whole thing at one time. So it was possible just to sit down on a weekend and watch almost 13 hours of content or whatever it might be. And so, you know, how do you take a break from that? How do you process that, especially for young people to process that if they're watching it? So that was even part of the controversy of the show itself to kind of load all of that at one time. And so watching it, I might say it was it was intriguing, certainly from a storytelling standpoint to keep people engaged in the story. But, you know, coming with it from a Christian worldview, Christian context, there's just so much that was missing and so much opportunities you just wanted to reach in and share the gospel and to help young people that were walking through stories. And even, you know, as we'll get into it too, some of the controversy of even how adults are depicted in it and what really support is there for young people in their lives. Joining us now by phone, Dr. Lucas Woodford, Reverend Dr. Lucas Woodford, Pastor Zion Lutheran Church and School in Mayor, Minnesota. Pastor Woodford, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for being our guest and uh, sharing about, we're going to share about a, a resource that you helped prepare uh, f- to to help us respond to and uh, and be mindful of the, the topics that come up in this series when talking with parents, with youth, with pastors as well. Dr. Woodford, when, what was your first uh, exposure to 13 Reasons Why? 
Well, uh, first exposure was just the show itself. Uh, similar to, to Pastor Kiesling there, uh, people began talking about it. Uh, even a few youth started talking about it. Then we, as uh, pastors and, and teachers, began talking about it as well. So uh, once I heard about it, I sat down to begin watching with it. I had my bride. Uh, she was watching it with me, too. And so we saw kind of the visceral nature of how it was portrayed. Uh, it's it's well done in terms of acting and setting things up, but it's very visceral. It's something I don't advise people that uh, that's something I can endorse by any means. But if they are watching it, I wanted to be able to help uh, teens, young adults, college age kids, as well as adults, uh, pastors, youth leaders, teachers, with a resource that could address the very visceral nature, the kind of despair that the, the end of the series leaves you with, and where do we find hope? How can we address this? How can we uh, speak to our youth who might be going through situations like this? So it was kind of a uh, hit you head on right away with that first first episode, but it also at the same time got you hooked. And so it was about a week or uh, two weeks right after it had come out already. What is What is the... Uh, the the premise of this series from from your perspective uh lucas um, mm-hmm. sure the, the premise of this one is uh it it follows the life of hannah who's uh, a teenager in high school who initially is new to the high school trying to fit in find new friends uh, but ultimately it tracks through all the reasons and all the people why she ultimately decided to end her life in suicide so 13 reasons why it tracks through and, and goes through 13 different people and gives 13 different reasons why they contributed to her decision to end her life uh, in such a, a brutal way. And that she leaves behind tapes, uh, tapes that explain why each person contributed to that. And so, on the one hand, from a viewer perspective, you're interested to find out what contributed to this, because you have Hannah there kind of hearing her voice along in the episode, and you're not really necessarily seeing the finality, the brutal finality of her voice isn't there because she's dead. But the way the show depicts it, it's an unfortunate way of depicting it because it can glorify, if you will, suicide and revenge suicide of trying to get back at those who may have led or bullied someone or done something terrible, which, again, Hannah suffered some terrible things in her, uh, in her time there. Uh, but it portrays it in a way that uh, isn't really true to reality of how uh, trying to do this revenge suicide would really work. So this has been this has been a controversial issue. Mark, you said you get an email from a friend, a colleague, and said, "Are there any resources on this? Why why the almost sense of of angst or panic uh, when hearing that you know when he was hearing that youth were were watching this series?" Yeah, I, th- I think some of it was uh, partly too is you watching it without adults, and so just getting in. How do you get into those conversations, and what are the issues that are really being brought up and need to be talked about? So there was a little bit of how do we respond as as Dr. Woodford's piece does, um, in, in so many different contexts, everything from bullying to just understanding identity to understanding community, and then also dealing with difficult topics like suicide or attempted suicide or, or depression. Um, so there really was this context of what can we respond scripturally, theologically to young people asking questions that are being brought up by the show. And some, I think some of the things too, even you had young people who maybe especially on the younger, I mean, they're showing statistically how junior hires are really watching this a lot too. And like, this might be their first exposure to these issues. And 
just how do you walk them through that to explain them, to give them a, a scriptural understanding of it. So that was really a lot of part of the pieces about how do we respond? How do we engage in conversation? And, and especially for those who I think who want to get into that conversation. I, you know, one thing I certainly heard too from some young people that I talked to that maybe weren't watching the show, they said, hey, if adults want to engage in these conversations, like some of these things are really happening in our high school. It's realistic. Maybe not all at once as the show depicts. Just ask a high schooler. <laughs> you know, you don't <laughs> need to go watch the show to engage in these tough and these conversations about these tough topics. Ask us what's going on in our daily life, what we're standing up against from a temptation standpoint, how we're trying to support our, our colleagues, our friends, our peers. Is is this show really so different from other things, other series or you know whether it's netflix or tv or or even other online series or on-demand series is it really that different from other tv programs that that youth might be watching today <laughs> what do you <laughs> I, I would say in many ways it's not i mean i think you'd be able to find material that's very much the same i think part of it comes down to is uh when it's a new technology with netflix it's the the bingeable watching of it to have 13 hours in front of you. I mean, think, you know, I've heard from other places, not just in Christian contexts, but to talk about, oh, it made us learn that there's parental advice or there's parental um, support on Netflix to put in passwords and stuff like that. I didn't even know my kid was watching this show. So it's a new technology in terms of it's, I don't think it's necessarily all that new in terms of we could find shows from our youth that dealt with these things, but it's just the, I think the length, the depth um, and then also the accessibility for young people to see it without maybe having some other conversations or watching it in, in uh, with peers where they can have constructive conversations. So it's relatively accessible if it's it on is. Netflix. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh, Lucas, what's your take on this? Is this different from other things that, that youth might be watching, whether it's on demand and, you know, in the format such as Netflix or, or other places, whether it's network TV or movies? Is it much different or is it what's unique about this? Well, here's the unique thing. It, it, there's uh, the focus and the great depth of focus regarding suicide and uh, how it was portrayed and what led up to it. That part might be a little different. All the vulgarity, the sexual depictions, the different things that portrayed in the high school, the drugs, the alcohol, the, the bullying, all those things are accessible and are seen. In fact, uh, working with uh, different our youth here at the congregation as well as we have an association high school uh, and some that are in a public high school working with them uh, I'd always get the feedback and perspective and some said uh, it really didn't phase me that much it's not that much different from the video games some of the imagery that we see on our video games uh, other movies uh, and so just d- depending on the personality of the, the high school or the, the teenager uh, as well as what they've seen beforehand um, it's not always that different, but what is very unique about it is the intense focus upon the nature of, of suicide and how she uh, organized these tapes and told everyone how they contributed to her. That part is unique and is having quite an impact upon those who are very sensitive or experience similar things in life. Uh, the experience that some of the teenagers I, I worked with and talked with, some of them just reported being kind of in a fog, very down, very depressed for about two, three, four days after watching it, trying to figure out and process it. Because as, as Pastor Keesling had said, uh, they, they binge watch it, and it's very intense. And there's no Christian perspective at all in the, in the series, so it leaves you without any sense of hope, no direction. How do I make it through? How do I find some resolve uh, to this very 
um, not only unsatisfying ending, but very heart-wrenching ending. So in that pers- perspective, it is unique, but what visually is portrayed, yep, they can see that video games, movies, online, a lot of stuff now today. Well, that's just it. Some might say your concern is really unnecessary. The, I mean, it's it's it, it's media, it's, it's fiction, it's a TV series. How... How is that any more influential over my son or daughter or our youth today than than all the other things that they're engaged in when it comes to media? Sure. Well, the challenge influential is the degree of intensity in which it depicts every episode focusing on the nature of suicide. So uh, now we have begun what some parents are reporting uh, copycats, if you will, two teenage 15-year-olds in California. Uh, parents are most certain that the reason they committed suicide was because they had just finished watching 13 Reasons Why. Uh, in, in Peru, uh, something very similar was happening. A man left behind tapes, uh, notes for it. Now, again, uh, is it directly 13 Reasons Why that the show's fault? No, of course, there's other things going on in there. But the reason why we have a concern with it is the intensity that it portrays it and the accessibility that they have for it and the propensity to binge watch it uh, to the point where they're so pressed down by the emotions that are portrayed uh, that it can have a very uh, negative influence uh, and much more so than perhaps if they saw one episode, went away from it for a week or two uh, and then came back. So, um, yeah, I understand what people are saying. We might they think we're overreacting, but uh, it's, at minimum, it's giving us a great opportunity to have a conversation mm-hmm. with people about the show mm-hmm. and the topics raised in it. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about having a uh, a conversation, Mark. How could uh, you know? Lucas says at minimum, it it provides a. A, a, a conversation starter, a platform for conversation. Your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I, and I think at a lot of different angles, too, in terms of uh, you know, great work that Dr. Woodford and his colleagues are doing there around the school to, to, to reach out to those people in our uh, really area of influence where we're connecting them at our churches and schools just to care for them, um, to be looking out for indicators of maybe dealing with depression or other issues for those that we know, but then also to encourage our young people to be in their peer groups, to be caring for their friends as well, to be looking out for those people people when they start having questions because of this show, uh, start raising those issues and that opportunity to share the gospel. So there's a lot of issues from everything from really serious ones in terms of, of behaviors and temptations and things that are going on in high school, but then also dealing with these pieces of suicides very specific, as, as Dr. Woodford said, in terms of what this show deals with, in terms of helping people get help um, and finding trusted adults and trusted friends. Um, and so really helping to be able to be that friend, connect them to resources. So there's everything from really good uh, day in, day out conversations that can happen again, even without watching the show about day to day life for young people, but then also to give them that vision of hope and of, of, of peace amidst it and also helping friends that maybe don't know Jesus to be able to know his love for them too. Dr. Woodford, you've written Faith, Hope, and Love, a threefold response to 13 Reasons Why. What's your aim with this piece? What do you want parents or youth leaders, pastors, to know as they discuss this series with youth? Well, what I want them to know is uh, whose they are and who they are. And that begins by their identity in Christ, their baptismal identity. And the design behind it was so that it could be accessible, even if, uh, say, just a youth wants to read through it on its own, that they can take a look at 
the reality of uh, whose they are and who they are, their identity as a baptized child of God, uh, and recognizing that then, how do they have the tools and how are they equipped to deal with uh, the things that are brought up, for example, in 13 Reasons Why. So how does the reality of faith speak over against the reality of lies and misbelief that Satan, the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh want to afflict us with? And as we are afflicted with the realities of, of bullying, trying to fit in, how does faith and a Christian faith interact with those things and, and allow us to navigate those things and deal with all the lies that Satan tries to make us believe, the misbeliefs we might have. How does hope? Hope is a huge one. The show ends with no hope. So what we wanted to especially recognize is the hope that we have, even in the midst of the most difficult and challenging situations, uh, the love of Christ and his promises that he gives, there gives us always hope uh, to take one day at a time, move forward, hope to reach out to someone if we're if we're feeling down, if we're uh, in despair, uh, and so maintaining that hope. And of course, then love is the reality of uh, whose we are. We are, are gods in Christ because of his love for us. Uh, and then we can move forward in the safety and security of that love, being able to share that love with others. So it's twofold in the sense of those who might be oppressed or feeling uh, the burden that someone may have been portrayed as in 13 Reasons Why, or also to equip pastors, teachers, youth workers, as well as uh, fellow classmates on how to express and share that love, be attentive to those going through it, uh, recognizing they have a point of confidence in their baptismal identity, that they can walk forward with faith, with hope, and with love. So that's kind of a, a, a brief overview, uh, deals specifically with the reality of suicide in there as well, um, and uh, some other peripheral issues a little bit in, in the series as well, but that's a general overview of it. Mark, how do you see this this resource being used, Faith, Hope, and Love, a threefold response to 13 Reasons Why? Yeah, I think it's accessible from the standpoint, as was said before, that it could be given directly to young people to read through on their own, but I think a great conversation piece, too, that there's other resources out there where that could be used along with it in terms of talking about, not necessarily about the show, but to bring up the issues that are discussed and both allow a safe, open environment for young people to express their concerns, questions they might have, things that they're dealing with, but then also to be encouraged in those things to be out and be that beacon of hope in their schools and their day-in-to-day in life and to be able to share the love of Jesus in those contexts. So I think there's a lot of conversation that can take place there. Again, different angles in which you can go about it. And again, a lot of it's just refresher to be reminded of who we are in our baptism, who we are in Christ, and that opportunity that we have to share the love with others. So there's a lot of rich depth pieces that I know the resource gets into from a scriptural and theological standpoint and a lot of different angles in which you can talk about it to where, again, you don't even need to watch the show to be able to be equipped to talk about these issues, uh, which is a, a wonderful resource to have. Dr. Whitford, what has been the response of uh, youth uh, or parents that you've talked with in, in your congregation, in your community uh, about this series, 13 Reasons Why, and what have you been able to share with them? Sure. Um, it's, it's been wide-ranging. Um, one of the things I, I tried to do in developing this was run it past some parents, run it past some youth um, of varying ages, uh, which also then included uh, their perspective on the show. So, for example, some thought it was far too intense, so after one and a half episodes, they just couldn't watch it anymore, so they decided not to watch it. Others said, yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting, and I watched it all the way through. It really didn't bother me that bad. 
uh, because, again, it was stuff we had seen all the time. Parents, on the other hand, are a little bit more disturbed uh, because of the intensity of the show. Uh, and oftentimes when we watch it as parents, uh, the heart-wrenching ending to watch her Hannah take her life uh, and go through that, and then the great despair that we could have as parents and feeling that our child would go through that. So it, it's been wide-ranging, um, but the, the joy of being able to talk about it, all right, where do we have... Uh, hope. Where does faith come in this? How do we uh, express and share uh, that love of Christ with others? Uh, so it's uh, recognizing what well, we can say, oh, don't watch that. Don't, don't let them ever go on Netflix. Well, you know, that's not a reality. And rather than trying to completely hide people from it, we want to equip them to say, how do we interpret this when we see these things, when uh, we watch them, but even more so when you perhaps see them in your own classrooms, or if you have a, a friend going through it, or as a parent, you have a, a friend, a parent whose child's going through it. How do you come alongside of them in the midst of it uh, and go forward confidently uh, with the hope, uh, with the love of Christ? It sounds like ultimately we hope not only that parents are equipped to talk about this, but that youth are confident in the hope that they have in Christ, that they may share that with their peers at school who are who are either dealing with these very issues or talking about the issues that come up in 13 Reasons Why. Mark? Mark? Well, one, one of the controversies of the show that's been discussed a lot um, coming from school uh, um, uh, counselors to those who work with young people is kind of the way in which adults are depicted and to, you know, want to reinforce the young people. There are adults who care for you and don't necessarily say, oh yeah, don't paint all adults that way by watching the show. Um, but in that too, I think there's a real piece to say like, you're still, you're wishing there that young heroine would, or hero would step in to say like, here's truth in this matter. And so to help young people say, and, and it's really obvious to watch the show as they're wrestling with the effects of the suicide to be like, I think there's even a quote that stands out about like, if, oh, if only one thing would have gone different in Hannah's life, this maybe wouldn't have happened. There's some quote that goes along that way. But to be able to say, and not to, to put again, a, an extra burden on people, but to be able to say, yeah, that we can be that beacon of hope into the lives of our peers. And so, and young people so often want to do that. They want to be able to be equipped to share the gospel. And sometimes there, there are going to be young people who don't have adults in their lives who are doing that and don't know the resources of adults. So they're afraid to ask the question. They're afraid to maybe it looks weak if they ask for help. And in those friendships to be able to say, no, that's okay. And, and here's someone who loves you and I am one who cares for you. And so to equip them to be able to be that person. That's an interesting point that it, we sometimes in our culture think that it's weak right. to ask for help. Uh, Dr. Woodford, would you like to respond to that? In our culture, we sometimes think it's weak to ask for help. Oh, certainly. I mean, that's we want to be portrayed as resilient, uh, tough, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and make it on our own. Uh, but the reality is that the Apostle Paul talks about it's when we are weak when we are is when we are strong, because when... Uh, we reach out, uh, of course, to Christ and find the strength we have in Him, uh, there is great strength. So, of course, that's what He invites those who, who believe in Him to do as well in their life of faith, to come uh, and reach out to those uh, who God has placed in the midst of various vocations right alongside of them. And so, absolutely, I mean, I'll, I'll express from my own experience on various things, yeah, it's hard to reach out, but uh, there is great uh, joy and encouragement when you do, and so would encourage if anyone's listening and has been fighting, they uh, reaching out, uh, encourage them to reach out to a pastor, to a friend, to a teacher, a youth leader, someone uh, that, that you can reach out to because there are many who care for you 
and there are many who want to make sure you are well, that you are okay, and want to share and encourage you with that love of Christ. So, uh, yes, absolutely, it's hard to reach out, uh, but really want to encourage people to be willing to do that. And at the same time, then, be attentive. If you're noticing a friend or a youth, uh, if you're noticing them acting differently, don't be afraid to reach out to them as well on the other end of it. Reach out, take them to lunch, have a conversation, uh, just an opportunity to let them know you're, you care about them, you're listening, you're watching, uh, and you want, to know, you want them to know that uh, they are precious in God's sight. Faith, hope, and love, a threefold response to 13 reasons why Reverend Dr. Lucas Woodford uh, preparing this piece for us, a great resource for our, for our families, for our youth, for, uh, it's, it's very accessible, available at lcms.org, right, Mark? Correct. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll provide a link to that as well with the archive of today's program. So once that goes up this afternoon, you can go right to uh, our website and find it with, the, with today's program. We'll provide a link to that. Dr. Woodford, thank you so much for your time today, and thanks for your great work on this resource. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. We have more Faith and Family. Mark's going to stick around. We're going to talk more about 13 Reasons Why, more resources to help you and your family, uh, your your pastor, your youth. Take a look at this this uh, this series and these important topics that it, that it brings up. You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee, with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. We all have busy weeks, but few have as many life-altering events in seven days' time as this young mother of four. She was despairing and hopeless as she approached the abortion mill. She and her boyfriend were facing truly difficult circumstances and expecting their fifth child. The pro-life sidewalk counselor offered them assistance to overcome these challenges. Not only did she choose life for her baby, she welcomed Jesus into her heart. After telling her boyfriend they were not aborting their baby, he responded, Then, let's get married now. The sidewalk counselor provided a ring that fit perfectly. The pro-life group funded a thrift store dress and shoes, a garden wedding, and a honeymoon night in a fancy downtown hotel. Plus, continued help. God is good. Follow us on Twitter at Life Issues USA and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. Worldwide KFUO salutes our day sponsors on this Friday, June 30th, 2017. Today's day sponsors are William and Mary Feffa. Today's day sponsors have made a contribution to Worldwide KFUO with thanks, praise, and honor to our triune God for his many wonderful blessings, including the ministry of KFUO and in honor of Mary's birthday today. William is thankful to the Lord for the blessing of having her in his life. Once again, we say thank you to William and Mary Feffa of New Berlin, Illinois. Today's Worldwide KFU Bow Day sponsors. 
Friday on Issues Etc., we'll find out from Pastor Peter Burfind how Vacation Bible School drove millennials away from church. We'll discuss Martin Luther's post-meal prayer with Pastor Brian Wolfmiller, and we'll continue our series responding to Roman Catholic proof texts, talking with Pastor Stephen Parks about purgatory. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano, selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times, 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Welcome back to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates in studio with the Reverend Mark Kiesling, Director, Youth Ministry in the Office of National Mission, and talking about 13 reasons why the Netflix series that has raised quite a few, well, the interest of many parents, mm-hmm. many pastors, and the interest of youth as well, a very accessible format, Netflix. And as you were pointing out earlier, Mark, you can, I mean, th- this new phenomenon, binge watching. Mm-hmm. Are you a binge watcher? When it comes to Netflix and Hulu and things like that? I have to say I am. I I don't watch a lot of television, um, but yet Netflix has a lot of documentaries and things on it. That's why I kind of like to watch. And so I'm kind of amazed at how quickly the time can go when I get into good TV and good storytelling. And we seem to, we can, our time seems to be more organized in pockets now. Uh, Appointment viewing Mm -hmm. of TV is has gone away. We want to watch it when we watch it. And and so we've seen the rise of things like Hulu and Netflix and other on-demand uh, viewing that's so easily accessible. Yeah, you have to have an account on Netflix, but when it comes to young people, sure, somebody shares a password mm-hmm. or something like that, it's it's very accessible or the family has an account and everybody has it on their mobile device. So I mean, you've probably set it up. <laughs> right. The reality, so, <laughs> right, yeah, right. right. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's true. It, you need your account set up at home. Who's mm-hmm. Sets it up. The youth set it up. Your kids set it up for you. That's right. Uh, it's how grandma and grandpa stuff gets set right. up. All their electronics get mm-hmm. set up. It's uh, the grandkids who set it up. Mm-hmm. So it's it's highly accessible. It's it's pretty accessible. Mobile devices, uh, smart TVs. You know the the digital players at home. All those things. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, right when this was coming out, uh, I was talking to a couple parents, and I mentioned to them, "Was your kid watching?" Oh no, my my kid's not watching it. Like, oh, okay. And then the, the young person walked up and they asked him, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've only watched like seven episodes of it. Like, what? Oh, I didn't know that. And so it was kind of like opened up this conversation sure. about, oh, they are watching it. Okay, I guess I better <laughs> know what's uh, on, on Netflix. Because as parents, we might assume, okay, I didn't see them watching it on TV mm-hmm. at home, but mm-hmm. TV isn't the only place that we watch series like this. And so Dr. Woodford provided some, some really uh, grace... Um, a, a, a grace foundation mm-hmm. to conversations that, that give us hope when talking about this. And we have more resources, mm-hmm. uh, m- more uh, leaders in, in youth ministry who care about youth. And I have to say fellow DCEs as well Absolutely. have worked on some great resources. So we have joining us by phone now, we have uh, Hannah left uh, Hannah Miller left with, she's a DCE joining us by phone. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. Uh, where, where are you calling from today, Hannah? 
I'm in Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City. Well, thanks so much for joining us and uh, sharing with us. Looking forward to talking about the resource that uh, that you have partnered on to provide. And also joining us by phone, Jamie Walters. Jamie, welcome. Good morning. And you're calling us from? Alaska. Alaska. So we woke you up nice and early. <laughs> nice. Well, I have a three-year-old, so he woke me up about four hours ago. But. <laughs> oh. Is it is it nice and sunny there today? It is overcast and rainy and gross, but it's only at the high of 60, so you guys are probably oh. really jealous of me right now. We are. <laughs> it is overcast and rainy and, uh, yeah, just very humid and mm-hmm. sticky, but, uh, well... This has been, this 13 Reasons Why series on Netflix has certainly caught the attention of many. Jamie, when did you first come across 13 Reasons Why? What was your first encounter with it? Um, well, actually, the, the editor for um, the, uh, the Youth East Source, uh, Shira Behrens, emailed me and said, Hey, have you heard of this? And we, I, Hannah and I had both seen discussions started on a Facebook group that DCEs are a part of, and... It intrigued me, and so um, Hannah and I told Shira we would watch it and come up with something for it, and um, it just kind of went from there. And how about you, Hannah? Uh, what was uh, your first I- encounter with 13 Reasons Why? So I read the book by Jay Asher several years ago, and I remember it just kind of sticking with me, and when I mm-hmm. saw the, the series pop up on Netflix, my mom was here, and so she and I were watching it together when Shara contacted us and Jamie and I started talking about it. So my mom and I were in the middle of not quite binge watching it, but we were watching it at a pretty rapid pace. Um, And so then we watched it kind of with a little more critical eye instead of just watching it to watch it. It's certainly a different program to binge watch as opposed to something like Fuller House on Netflix, another series on Netflix, a little bit different experience, (laughs) perhaps a a bit deeper than, than something like that. Why, uh, from, from your perspective, Hannah, why, um, should youth leaders or parents not be shy to, to talk about this? Yeah. It may be something that's, that it brings up topics that are very controversial, but why, why talk about it? Yeah. So one of the things that as we were, as I was watching it and talking to people about it is that students are already, they're already watching it. For a lot of students, the things that Hannah Baker faces, it's their reality every day. And when we avoid talking about it, we, we lose an opportunity to, to have those discussions, to start that foundation and maybe to be that source of hope and of help that the student needs. Jamie, the the resource that you that you and Hannah have prepared on Youth Esource has, uh, you know, it gives us this introduction of watch it, don't watch it. The reasons to watch it, the reasons not to watch it. Mm-hmm. What what are your thoughts on that? Watch it, don't watch it. Why why watch it? Why not watch it? Um, I <laughs> that was a very big discussion that Hannah and I had when we were writing this because we are both proponents of watch it. Um, the kids are watching it, and so you need to know, from our, from our perspective, I want to know exactly what my kids are seeing. Um, I don't want to guess. I don't want to read the Wikipedia episode guide and figure it out for myself. I want to have that personal experience of it. However, um, there's a lot of people who wrote a lot of articles about why you should not watch it. Um, I think it has already been mentioned in the program that, you know, there is not a lot of, hey, this is how you get help 
kind of information in the show. Um, so that is one of the detriments of it. And um, for those who are already kind of susceptible to feelings of depression or experiences of bullying and all that kind of stuff the show deals with, um, it could trigger something even more serious down the line if you're not watching it with that critical eye that Hannah mentioned. And I guess I should back up a little bit. We're talking about a, a, a resource that, that, that Jamie and Hannah have written that's available on Youth eSource, uh, youthesource.com. Mark, give us a little bit of background. For those who aren't familiar with Youth eSource, what is this? Sure. So that's an online uh, youth ministry practitioner website that we produce out of LCMS Youth Ministry, a variety of resources from Bible studies, theological talk sheets. And then when a topic like this comes up that youth are talking about, then we'll do special uh, resources that are available for, again, primarily for adults who work with young people, whether it's pastors, DCEs, teachers, other youth workers, parents, um, to, to connect with young people. Uh, but then it's also then an opportunity to have Bible studies and other things that take place in your normal youth ministry context or mm-hmm. outside of it as well, just to be able to have conversation starters and to get young people into the truth of God's word. Chiefly, parents are most likely closest Correct. to to youth, mm-hmm. so a very mm-hmm. valuable uh, site for resources mm-hmm. for parents of youth. Uh, I'm not there yet. I'm not a parent of a teenager <laughs> yet, but uh, those days are coming. Yeah. So I, I'm familiarizing, and a DCE, so also mm-hmm. familiar with uh, Youth eSource. As you, as you continue to, uh, Hannah, as you continue to learn more about the uh, this series, what was what stood out most for you as you learned more about this series? Well, I think one of the things that I learned about was how realistic it is for teenagers and, and just the difficulties of the reality that many of our students face. And the show doesn't hide any of that. It, it's, it's, it's a dark show as Dr. Uh, Woodford mentioned. It's, there's a lot of content. And I think as we read about the show and learned about the show, uh, some of the things weren't really exaggerated. They were just presented in a way that didn't hide it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Jamie, what what stood out for you as you first, uh, as you continue to watch the show and learn more about it? Um, pretty much the same thing, that just that it's so real. Um, I had many conversations with people who said, you know, well, this show, you know, it's 25-year-old actors who are portraying these 16-year-old kids and that part obviously is not reality. That's not many 25 year olds in a high school. Um, <laughs> but, um, but the situations they go through, the everyday hallway conversations and classroom conversations that are depicted in the program are 100% real. They're what I experienced in high school many moons ago. Um, and they're certainly what my youth group kids experience in high school now. I, as I watched a few episodes, I have to admit I've not watched the whole thing, uh, but the the few episodes that I watched, same thing. As I saw them, I thought, man, you know, I went to high school over two decades ago, and <laughs> sorry for the dramatic pause. It's a lot of math. I, <laughs> uh, when I was in high school, a lot of these things were were. And they weren't pleasant things, but they were happening. Uh, the bullying, the 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 language, the the, the strong language, the mm-hmm. just focus, the, the focus on self, the mm-hmm. the individual, and um, the the whole world is about me. And so so gossip and uh, hate among 
classmates in in high school. Mm-hmm. It was just as I watched it, I thought, oh, this is all too familiar. Mm-hmm. This is all too. Realistic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I watch TV because I like to escape that reality. Uh, whereas this puts it right in front of you. Um, that d- did you see that, Mark, as yeah, you were watching? Absolutely. It? I mean, took it back to a lot of situations in my high school life in terms of places where I sinned sin greatly. Um, other opportunities where I was shown grace and where I was, made me so thankful that I did have caring adults in my life um, who spoke the gospel into my life, who who asked me good questions, who would come up and say you really seem down, like what's going on and would have those conversations mm-hmm. and that I was blessed to have trusting relationships with adults um, around me in my high school, public high school, um, in my church, in my family. And man, what a, it was just a time to give thanks for those relationships um, and to you know encourage us as, as Christian adults to be caring for young people. And very much like you, I mean, I think that the thing that was overwhelming was to you know, sit down and watch them cl- tightly and to see all those things happen where for me, I'm okay. Over four years of high school, probably in some ways, all those things happened to me or it was a part of my life. But then to have such a, you know, focused time when young people are watching that show, it could be, as, as was said before, it can be pretty overwhelming. Yeah. To pack that all into mm-hmm. just, you know, a, a few episodes and then to watch, you know, several episodes mm-hmm. in a row, which is a, a common habit today mm-hmm. that binge watching you were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. it just to pack it all in, in that amount of time, that's very overwhelming. That's a lot to, to, to take in. And so some would say that it's in that sense it's unrealistic because of the the time frame but the the situations are are quite realistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What how then do we how do we encourage teens to reach out to one another in love, particularly in high school. We we're talking about all these situations that, that, that come up in this series, whether it's bullying um, or, or gossip or uh, rape even mm-hmm. comes up mm-hmm. in this or disregard for adults. I think we've, we've already established that in the series there, it paints a very different picture of adults, that there are no caring adults in the lives of youth. And, and that's not realistic, but how do we, how do we help youth uh, reach out to their friends with with hope, um, with with um, the the hope of Jesus. What was your aim with this with this piece, Hannah, to help to help youth and to help parents? I think the aim was to show that there's a lot of scary content in in the series, and there are a lot of scary things that our youth are dealing with. But opening that door and giving youth leaders and adults and students tools to discuss it and say, hey, yeah, I relate to Hannah Baker or my friend is a, a quote unquote Hannah Baker. What are, where, where did the show fail and where can I, where can I help my friend who is struggling? How can I help, um, help this person find that hope, find that comfort? Um, how can I be that gospel message to that person? Jamie, what, what do you hope, uh, parents and youth will gain from this resource on youth e-source? I hope they gain the ability to know that um, even though it's hard, we can talk about it. I think that subjects like these are so taboo and we think that they do need to be professionals. And and yes, professionals need to be involved in in situations like this. Um, But that first step, a kid isn't going to go and call up a psychologist on their own. Mm. Um, they're going to go to a friend or they're going to go to a teacher or they're going to go to their pastor or their DCE or their volunteer youth worker or even their parent and say, hey, something's not right. Um, and we, as the grown-ups in their lives, need to have the confidence to say, okay, let's talk about this. 
Um, and I think that this resource kind of gives us um, a step up on that and gives us some questions and some statistics to back up the things that we can talk about with them um, and gives us the room to try. And I think that's the most important part. What would you say, Jamie, to the parent who thinks that their son or daughter is not watching this program and then discovers that they have watched half or all of it uh, or even just two in the series? What would you say to them, Jamie? Um, talk to your kids. <laughs> um, it's, it's an important thing. I know kids are doing things that we have no idea, and that's, that's the world that we live in now in this um, you know, with phones and access the way that we have it. Um, but if you don't talk to your kids, you don't know. And so whether you're, you know that they're, you want to watch it together or you're coming in late to the game, you should try to catch up on your own so that you know what they've seen. Um, so that you can also talk to them about the other things. Cause there's a lot of things in this show other than mm -hmm. suicide and depression. There's yeah. a lot of, issues that um, are still big um, that might trigger your kid into remembering something or thinking about something or seeing something in school that they don't know how to stop. Um, and so for, for parents, it's just talk to your kids. Don't fix it for them. Listen to them and um, try to kind of guide them along the way. That's our job as parents. Hannah, how would you start that conversation as a parent with a youth? How would you like for a parent to start that conversation? Well, you couldn't hear me, but I was nodding my head. Vigorously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, just say, so have you heard of the 13 reasons why? Are you watching it? Do you mind if I watch it with you? Or even say, is it real? Do you experience this? Um, and I think one of the, the biggest things I know for for me, uh, when you ask those questions, you have to be prepared for a response, whatever it is. Um, and so making sure you're emotionally prepared on your end is important too. So um, whether that's you watching it first and then broaching the conversation or asking first and then watching the show, I think just starting out by saying, have you heard of it? Have you watched it? And, and going from there, whatever the answer is. That. You both mentioned being prepared, understanding what the, the, the program is about. That's where Youth eSource is really helpful. It gives you an overview of the program even before you, you sit down to watch it and, and mm -hmm. then a, a ton of other resources as well to point us to. Being prepared, knowing what the program is about. It, but you also mentioned listening. And, and I think that's key. Just because you know a lot about the program doesn't mean that you tell your son or daughter everything the program is about um, and what's wrong with it or what's right with it. But rather, you, you both mentioned listening. Listen to what the, your, your son or daughter is saying about the program and what they see and how much of it is a reflection of what they see in their own lives in their own schools. Yeah. I think one thing I was always catching myself, you know, in, in that context thinking like, Oh, when I was watching, like ah, I dealt with that when I was in high school, but it, it is different. I mean, you know, like the, the, there's some stuff about uh, texting and stuff like that. It's like, okay, right. My, some, I mean, there was a lot of stuff I did in high school. I would not want to be publicly humiliated, you know, humiliated yeah. in the way that yeah. you can now with texting and stuff to where I didn't have to deal with that. And I could shut it off too. It was real easy for me mm -hmm. to just not pick up the phone because I know the bully's on the other line. And with social media and stuff, it's a lot more difficult for that to happen. So to truly not just say, ah, times never change. Sin is sin. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Sin continues in our world, but yet 
Satan has different ways and different generations to get into our lives it and sort seems, of really listen. It seems that we've used technology to magnify that yeah, sin, right. mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to, to mm-hmm. increase the speed at which it happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the example that you used of texting uh, in this series, there's a, a, a text message with inappropriate uh, mm-hmm. in, uh, photo, photo mm-hmm. that, that's sent out to practically the whole high school, mm-hmm. every every student in the high school via text message from one person, and, and it just travels around from person to person, and it's a it, it's a, a picture that that is horribly embarrassing. It's it's and taken out of context. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. and it's it's just detrimental. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have had that. No. You know, for something to travel that quickly. I mean, this is traveling within matters of seconds, minutes, uh, to an entire group of people, entire student body, in just a matter of seconds. So, yeah, things have changed Mm -hmm. since Mm -hmm. uh, since you and I were in high school in the dark ages. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and so then, I know much so much more than it is to help. Uh, young people be resi- resilient in those times when they've got to be able to think faster, things are coming at them more quickly, and to be able to give them those tools to do that. Just turn the phone off. Right. And that's hard. And <laughs> yeah. that's hard. When that's your connect that when right. that's your new community, that's hard to turn off the phone and what are you missing uh, by doing that. Because uh, as a parent I like being connected to my child mm-hmm, right. via phone and, and having that assurance that they're okay, mm-hmm. that they're safe because we have that the electronic connection via the phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well and just because you're not connected doesn't mean it's not still happening mm-hmm. while you're not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too. You know, that bullying doesn't just happen in the classroom anymore. It happens online and it happens um, whether you know about it or not. And so whether you have your phone on or off, it's still happening. The uh, One of the key things that's included in this resource that you've prepared on youthesource.com is the, the list of resources for youth workers and, uh, and for parents as well near the, the, uh, the end of this article on Youth Esource. What, I'm sure that, that took some time putting together that list. Um, it, it, it addresses, uh, this list addresses a lot of the topics that, that come up, if not all of the topics that come up in 13 Reasons Why. It talks about suicide, bullying, mm-hmm. um, how to approach these topics, how to talk. By the time you're done going through this whole resource, you should have a doctorate in this, <laughs> in, in, uh, in, in youth psychology, I'm not sure, adolescent psychology. I mean, there's just a, a ton of resources. Parents might look at this and be overwhelmed. Uh, Jamie, what would you say to that, to the parent that looks at, the, at this resource and uh, to the whole concept of this, this series and just might feel overwhelmed and think, I don't even want to talk about it? Well, it is overwhelming, first of all. <laughs> um, it's a very heavy series, and there's a lot to deal with. Um, as far as the resources that we've provided, you know, take it one link at a time and um, really read through it and digest it before you move on to the next one. Uh, we, we did provide a lot, um, mm-hmm. be it in the three different sections we have them in, and, and you know, take your time to go through them. They're all important, and they all can have very important information. Um, yeah, just take your time and, and try to get through it all. There is I mean, one of the, the key resources here is the the uh, the guide, the discussion guide that goes episode by episode uh, to help you uh, think through the issues that come up in each episode. What a, a great idea. We have uh, just uh, about a, uh, a minute here to address this, Hannah. Do you want to talk about this uh, episode guide? Yeah, so this is, this is actually probably more Jamie's 
uh, brainchild. But, you know, we wanted to make it accessible. So if you watch an episode and decide that you don't want to watch the rest, which you certainly can do because it is a hard series, um, you have these that can kind of help pose those questions to start a conversation that isn't like, so, child, tell me about your thoughts about X and Y. Uh, it gives you some specific things to, to talk about and help make sure that you're processing it and that your student is processing it and that that they're working through it. Hmm. Jamie, anything else you want to share about this, uh, the the discussion episode that goes, our discussion guide that goes episode by episode? Yeah, I just, I, I wrote all these questions because, um, I don't know, I'm a DC in a parish, and so I wrote it thinking, hey, if I'm watching these with my kids in youth group, I might not be able to come up with these questions on my own, just off the top of my head. And so these are some questions just to give you that push to start the conversation, and then you can take it wherever you want. Um, It also does a good job of kind of giving you an overview of what happens in each episode. Um, So if you don't get through it all or if you're, you know, pausing it and being like, whoa, I don't know what's, what's coming, um, you can kind of look ahead a little bit and see what's there. Helpful resource. We'll provide a link to all of these resources as well. The youthesource.com resources. We'll provide a link with today's archive of the program as well. Our guest today, Hannah Miller-Leftwich. Uh, thanks so much for being our guest today, Hannah. Yeah, thanks for having me. And Jamie Walters, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. The Reverend Mark Kiesling, Director of Youth Ministry, Office of National Youth, uh, National, <laughs> National Youth Gathering, too, Office of National Mission for the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Mark, thanks so much for uh, all the work that you're doing and the resources you provide to pastors, to DCEs, parents, uh, teachers, and, and, and to youth as well. Thanks for you and, and the team that you work with to provide these resources. Thank you, Andy. And I know we talked about this before that uh, to highlight your previous show on this, too, talking more about the mental health issues that are out around suicide and things. Thanks for doing that show. Certainly. Uh, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, you can find that on uh, kfuo.org. Find the just look for thirteen reasons why that program will come up in the the search as well. Where we refer- we talked with the counselor uh, from Lutheran Church, our Lutheran Family and Children's Services. Coming up next, thy strong word on the Messenger of Good News Worldwide KFUO. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at kfuo.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.